lock it in and rip the knobs off. This is KWC with John Heffron. By the way, I'm still trying to figure out the audio levels with some of the guests. Um, you'll be able to handle it. Enjoy the show. This is comedian John Heffron, Kid with a Cake podcast. Random interviews, reflections, and predictions from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today. Now broadcasting from his 1840s farmhouse, here's John Heffron. This is Kid with a Cape. Here's your host, John Heffron. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. Episode 2, Kid with a Cape podcast with John Heffron. If you haven't already hit the subscribe button, would you? So, uh... I looked up just random stories. Why not, right? Let's uh, take our mind off of things for a second. Listen to this one. Woman was mortified when she realized a sex toy she picked up on eBay had been bought using her mother's account. Jessica Smith decided to scour the site after her friends told her that the sex toys were often sold for a fraction of the price. Uh, Just me not knowing. Doesn't seem like eBay would be the place that you'd want to get a sex toy it just seems a little uh secondhand played again sports-ish it seems like most sex toys you would want just new out of the box without a nicks anywho uh she i guess got this thing called the purple rabbit rabbit purple be, be very very quiet it's rabbit rabbit season you know <sighs> anyway she got the order and she sat back and waiting it for you know waited for its arrival I guess you two-day ship that, right? If you're in the mood. You're not waiting five days. Anyway, she thought she was buying the product on a guest account and was horrified when she discovered she had actually logged into her mother's account. And she found out that her mom knew when her mom got a hold of her and said, hey, what's this? And she didn't realize it. And then the mom sent another message saying, are you lonely? Then suggested that she opened her own eBay account. Uh, yeah, kind of embarrassing. Um, but you know what, mom? Listen, I don't know how old the mom was. How old's the girl? Said the mom was 52. Oh, so how old's her daughter? It's like probably in her 20s. Anyway, mom, let's look at your browser history. I'm sure there's some things you have saved on there. Can't make a decision whether you want the bullet or the rabbit. Anywho. I want to call my uh, buddy Owns the comedy club in Atlanta The Punchline, one of my favorite clubs And I want to give him a call And see when things are going to happen And what it's going to be like I'm here, I'm here, John Okay, I don't know it, it's, it's new, I got new buttons and everything So you're there That's now. fine, so I was I was trying to leave good good edit spaces for you I didn't want to talk over I want to give clear margins So you, you had to cut out empty spaces I'm going to leave it. I, I think it's like a, a, a broadcasting thing where when it does that and it goes silent, people will look like they'll it'll make their ears listen closer. They perk up a little bit. Yeah. they'll be like, I love the fact, John, that you were telling a story about Jessica's rabbit. You know what? I didn't even realize I didn't even make that connection. It was Jessica's rabbit. Oh, it was right there. You know, it was, it was there. It was low hanging fruit. And by the way, I, you, we could both probably agree that there is some group of people for whom their kink is getting slightly used 
toys of pleasure. Yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, it's a thing, you know. I it's mean, probably a thing for somebody. And who am I? Who am I to judge what a thing is? Right. Yeah. I mean, we all, we all, we all got, we all got it. Everybody thing. has a thing. Everybody has. Everybody a thing. has a thing. So I was at your club uh, months ago, and yep. um, you know, I have a date in Atlanta in August, and yep. who knows? You know, I, I I couldn't wish that clubs and comedy clubs and servers and and you know guys in the kitchen and bartenders all start making money again. Like I can't wait till that's a thing. But at the same token, I'm a, I'm a little bit afraid to just to jump right back in. It's a, you know. So I was talking to a fellow club owner who uh, you would know, and we were talking about the fact that probably all of us that are in the club business are also going to have to go into the mask handing out business right? when people come into the club. And I was actually talking with my partner earlier today because uh, at the time when you and I are recording this, uh, Georgia just maybe made some changes to the, the places you can go and the circumstances under which you can be there. Um, I don't know that I'm not opposed to taking people's temperature now before they come in the club. I'm saying. Yeah, because I was thinking about like when I knew I wanted to talk to you and I saw again from the, you know, in this podcast uh, when we recorded today, they just announced that, it, you know, Georgia, they're going to open up. Some- then I thought, well, maybe comedy clubs and, and I'm trying to do the math in their head. Like, are people going to want to rush to where there's 500 people sitting in a room? Maybe the early adapters. Right. But right. So there's those people. Or as a comedy club, I'm like, well, maybe instead of having making up numbers now, right? And you only allow 50 people at a show. Shows are shorter. You don't do an hour and a half show. The whole thing's an hour and you kind of clear the room quicker than normal and get new people in there. But if you have masks, here's the thing. How are people going to drink with the masks? Because every time they move the mask to take a drink, it's a waste to even have the mask on. Well, so, but if the, if the rules are, if the new be out in public rule is wear a mask, it, it doesn't matter whether it's at a comedy club or a restaurant or any place, right? That you'd have to eat or drink. You will, you will constantly be having mask removal stuff. And then the other thing is, is that arguably, John, if the rule is you're out in public and you have a mask on, well, that are, that would be applicable to the comedian who's on stage. And so much of what we do is predicated on having some ability to have our face help communicate what the bit is supposed to be about, right? right? We're using facial expressions. So I got thinking, do I order, you know, half a dozen of those clear welder style masks that at least allow you to show your face as opposed to the surgical mask, like um, Dr. Heffron, you know? Right, right. right. Um, so I, I think it's, I do think it's going to present some challenges. And to your point, you know, there, there, there are always those people who want to ride their motorcycle without a helmet to show you that they can ride a motorcycle without their helmet. Um, works great until you fall off your motorcycle and you need your helmet. Right, right, right. Um, I think to your point about who goes out, I do think that people are desperate for some sense of normalcy and people do want to laugh. And of course we're in the humor business, right? The both of us. Yeah. And, and we know that there is something that's magical about being among 
people and laughing. It's, it's a terrific and great and necessary experience. But if the initial audiences are filled with people who are the prove-it types, right. uh, that, that may not be fun for anybody. You know, if you, you should be coming to a comedy club without an agenda. Your only agenda should be to laugh and have a good time and escape. Um, but if it's just to prove a point about how brave you are, or how strong your immune system is, or whatever, then it's a rest. It has a, it's certainly a potential recipe for disaster. Yeah, because it's weird because people already show up at you know comedy clubs with their arms crossed, going, "This guy better make me laugh," and now they're like, "This place better not make me sick." So you're adding to what people are going into the event about. Uh, you know, it's interesting. You're you have been a headliner class comic, right? Like comics are battleships, right? You're a destroyer class, you're a carrier class, right? right? right. <laughs> uh, you've been a headliner class comic now, really straddling what I would characterize as two different eras of comedy. You, you first learned, I think, how to be a headliner when there were more broad common points of reference from a uh, pop culture perspective. It's much harder now over the last three, five years to find as many common cultural touch points because people are, people kind of get lost in their own stream zone. They kind of niche consumers and stuff. Right. It's, it's not the old, you know, really to date it, the three network environment where everybody's watching the same show. If anything, I think that this whole coronavirus is a grounding point by which everybody's now had common experiences. There's nobody in America who hasn't been in a Zoom meeting in the last six weeks, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, right. You know, so so I do think that there are some opportunities to to revisit some common experiences, right? That that have been more absent in a way where sometimes comics are like, I don't know why that bit about this, you know, show that streams on Hulu only one season didn't hit like I thought it was. I'm like, oh, not everybody gets that. I, I wonder, I wonder, uh, I guess comics are going to have to give a free pass, right? Because everybody's going to, you know, comics were usually pretty territorial. Hey, I got a bit about that. I, I remember getting mad at a guy, although he stole the bit from me about swing sets that came out of the ground. And I've been like doing mm -hmm. that bit for, and I saw him do it. I'm like, that's my, that's kind of my bit. And then I right. was like, well, a lot of people, I guess, who are my age probably had that swing set. So, so there's going to be 8 billion comics who have zoom meeting bits there's gonna be eight oh, billion will, it, people about not you know any anything even i i've taken notes going oh that's gonna be funny when i'm back on stage and then i'll go online and see a meme about it literally two yeah. seconds later so i go you're oh, gonna have to you're is... gonna have to throw away john your first 138 tiger king jokes <laughs> because every mc in america is going to be doing their version yeah. of a tiger who Carol Baskin killed her husband. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, then the feature is going to get up and then we're going to, yeah. It's right. gonna be, hey, so right. we got toilet paper here. Oh, we're going to mm -hmm. do some toilet yeah, paper. Toilet paper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so that, and then I'll get on and just stare at people and just go, yeah. Hey boy, we, there's no haircut places open. Remember when your yeah. mom did it? Like I'll just find, you know, Although, transitions. John, in, I'll tell you what, into you old stuff. stuck with selling survival pens at the end of your set. I mean, you were ahead of the game doing that. Yeah, I was. I, yeah, that was a whole thing. I remember like mm -hmm. uh, years ago, a year or two ago, I really wanted to do prepper podcast 
and I was going to be yeah. all up in there and just one yeah. of one of the th- I just never did it, dude. I wouldn't, John, I, you know. I still yeah. talk to people about that idea. Your <laughs> idea for the Prepper Podcast, where you start in the first five minutes and you talk about total nonsense to just bleed everybody out who yeah. wasn't a legit fan, yeah, and then talk about the real stuff in minute eight. Genius. It, it was uh it was the band O Town. It was I was gonna start every podcast with a breakdown of the lyrics and discology of the of the band O Town. Um right. and just just go like six minutes in, everybody just knows that the secret door opens about six uh by the way, I, I you know, this might be my new thing on my podcast is where I tell guests about my merch. Did you know that my book finally came out? The holding deal on Amazon? I First of all, I'm so proud of you for doing that book. Because been, how long have I been talking about that? Yeah, but you know what? Your talk about the execute ratio is pretty high. It's higher than most people. Oh, well, thank you. I needed yeah. to hear that because pretty... I'm alone in a farmhouse with mice. Yeah. No, 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 no. But you have a high talk about you've always been thinking of the next thing and how do I do this and how do I whatever. I think it's awesome. I see that it's gotten some good reviews. And so by, by August... Everything's fine. I'm eating that lemon meringue cake. It should all be great. That you guys have right, right in front there. And it should all be great. And it'll be good. Diner's right. been up doing their 24 hour takeout. So they've been fighting, you know, but helping people, serving people, doing their thing. We're ready, we're, we're ready to go. All right. Stay safe. I'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. Wash your hands. Time for the kid with a cape. Subject change. I don't even. Uh, do I need this type of music to come back from that? So here's what I want to do. And I'm going to fade this down because from the last episode, I don't think you, you, you uh, everybody likes the music that I play when I come back. It, you know what it does? It jazzes me up. It gets my brain to think that I'm in performer mode and I should kind of talk in a way that if you're listening at home on a treadmill or wherever you're listening, I'm trying to convince you that I'm not wearing the same pajama pants that I've had on for three weeks now. I think I'm wearing the same pajama pants and my hair is doing this thing. Uh, Remember like every 80s sitcom dad, what their hair did? Mine is officially like I'm almost to that level. I can almost like feather my hair uh, and I'm going to be kind of excited. So it's going to go. I'm going to feather my hair. And then I'm going to get to the point where I'm going to get a hair scrunchie and just tie that, like wear it on my wrist. Because I remember, you know, girls I dated always had a hair scrunchie right on the wrist and then they would take it off and put it on their their thing. And then, you know, back in college, they'd be like, did I, did I leave my hair scrunchie at your place? You're like, oh, yeah, come and get it. So now I'm just going to wear the hair scrunchie on my wrist and wear it. So with that as a transition, uh, let me call my friend. You know what? I didn't even dial her number yet. Hold on. Let me do this. Do this. I have a friend I went to high school with who is an attorney, and she does a lot of uh, uh, planning, estate planning. We're going to make a, a complete left turn. Uh, Nicole. Hey. Hey, are you there? I am here. Not a lot of people know this, but uh, I've known Nicole probably, I don't know, since junior high. And uh, <laughs> we're calling each other from um, each other's parents' house. That's why we're on. You heard the dial up is uh we, we call her she's probably in her basement with a long cord uh right pulled and then you're in a corner so so none of your your parents or anybody hears the conversation is that is that what's happening yeah i'm laying on the floor my feet are up on the wall and i'm twirling my hair you're twirling your hair what poster are you looking at right now what, 
What's on your wall? Um, Motley Crue. Motley Crue. Got the Mo- Motley Crue. Uh, got your yeah. hair all jazzed up for, for going to the dance on Friday. Oh, that's even sad. <laughs> even saying that as a joke, I immediately thought of kids <laughs> now in high school that that's not even Aww. a thing, right? It's hard not right. to think. It's it's hard not to run everything through what's going on. I saw a commercial where people were sitting in a restaurant with each other, you know, and they're all sitting and the wait, waiter comes by. And I was like, how ancient is that? That That looks weird to me. Oh, yeah. Well, I, every time I go outside now, I sort of I'm like go to a store, go to a place. I tear up every single time because I'm like, holy crap, our lives are so different. And I don't know if they're ever going to be the same again. I know people want to believe that. I know we all hope that, but I don't know. And so um, I do. I literally get tears in my eyes every time. It's going to be. Yeah. Who? I mean, who knows? Right. And nobody... Yeah, I don't even know so how here to. Here put... I am, Debbie Downer on your. Well, no, because show. well that well because I'm. <laughs> it, it's hard not to be, and we'll talk about like why I I because I've wanted to call you even way before all of this because Nicole, uh, what's your firm's name? I should have done show. Family up. and Aging Law Center. So Nicole does you know power attorney wills, estate planning. Um, all that type of stuff that is very grown uppy. It's stuff that you don't think about or you do, but you think about it really quick or you think, well, I'm, I'm not, that's for way old people to figure out. Why would I, I don't need to figure that out now. And for years, um, I thought about getting a hold of Nicole because I, as a comedian, I have albums and stuff like that, that make money online and probably will, you know, long after I'm gone or if I am gone suddenly in a day, uh, let, let's knock on wood, hoping none of that happens, but I have nothing set up that any of that money goes to anybody. And I, I remember when Prince passed away, his estate wasn't set up and people were fighting over that. And then I was like, that's Prince doesn't have his stuff dialed in. I have four- Aretha Franklin, Aretha Franklin, like a lot of people don't. Yeah, and I have four albums that make a few bucks a month that it, it seems to me that would be a one sheet, one paragraph, all that stuff goes there. So let's just, because here's what I'd like to talk uh, with you today. How do people dial up their stuff, dial in their, their wills or the power of attorney, just because we just don't know how fast, you know, you get a cough, you get a fever, and then you're on a ventilator, and that's happening to people. Is your, are you ready for that? I know you have toilet paper and I know there there's extra pasta in the thing, but what about that step? It, it's horrible to think about. Uh, we don't wish it on anybody, but if you have kids or family, I think it's right. It, it's a step that you need to take. So I know I just asked you a bunch of things. One, let's scale it back. Let's just, let's pretend the this thing isn't going on. Let's do estate stuff, I guess. And I know you can follow me along. Uh, estate stuff for people like me. Cause I'll, I'll, I'll make it about me. What's the first step? Because I know I have a lot of comic friends listening who probably have albums or specials and that money goes to that mailbox. But if you're not there, who gets it? All right. Well, so the first step is, and this is true, yes, regardless of whether we're in quote unquote normal times or what we're in this time. And the first step is just to realize and this, I think, is huge. I, I wish I could. I, I wish I could really implant this in people's brains that it does not matter how old or young you are. You need to do this, and the reason is because bad things happen to good people. Right. And so, a lot of times, like somebody our age, John, and definitely people younger than us, 
just really aren't thinking about doing this unless they have kids specifically only if they have kids are they ever thinking about it but um because it just doesn't seem like it's for you it doesn't seem like it's something that you should do it's like that's for your parents or your grandparents right and i want people to really get it through their heads that that's 100 percent false like bad things happen to good people and coronavirus has brought that to the forefront i think like in my view if you don't actually see that at this point then i don't know what to do with you like that you can be in your 40s or 50s and you could get sick and die you can see that or if you don't understand that you could get in a car accident and get killed like remember um who's that guy from fast and furious yeah i'm having a brain crash yeah 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 like a young healthy you know he got i mean he was in an inherently dangerous situation but the fact is, he's young. You know, um, Kobe. Like all these people die. Like people die when they're young. Right. And so that is the first step: is just realizing, like, this isn't for your grandparents and your, or your parents. It's also for you, because really, there's some level of planning that should start at literally age 18. Like what? What would be that? So at age 18 specifically, um, the one thing I talk about, if you have an adult child, if you're a parent with an adult child, so I mean an 18-year-old, which I know nobody thinks that their 18-year-old is an adult, but um, they legally are, right? Then you need to start thinking about this because your kid goes off to college and gets in a car accident um, and now is in a hospital. You don't have the legal right to access their medical records anymore. Just because you're their parent, you do not have the legal right to access their medical records. You have to have a power of attorney for that. Oh. And so an 18-year-old needs it. Or, um, you know, this happens all the time. The 18-year-old goes off to college. Or this just, it really brought it up in the coronavirus. But the kids go off to college and all this stuff is happening at college. And the parents are not being notified at all. And the parents are all up in arms about this. And I'm like, well, you don't have the legal right to know any of these things. You, you, the child is the one that's enrolled in the college. You don't have the legal right to access their information. It is the college's responsibility to um, communicate with the person that they that is enrolled in their college, who is your supposedly adult child who you don't see as an adult. And so, like, even like, getting information from school or accessing bank accounts that you're you're putting your money into, but it's the kid's account. Um, you need powers of attorney for those kinds of things. So this is why an 18 year old needs it. Even if, uh, just, even if your kid yeah. is, let's say on your insurance, you still don't yep. have the power of attorney. Correct. <laughs> See, I don't have kids, so and, it's, I've, I've been. Right. Yeah. So for you, but I mean, even people that have kids don't think about this. And still for, even for you, you're like, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who would have thought that? I, yeah. I would have like, thought it's, it's your kid. You have access to everything and anything because you're the mom or you're the dad, but no. Right. And that, and that is a very common, or if you're married to somebody and they get in a car accident, you don't have the automatic legal right to access their medical records. You don't have the automatical, automatic legal right to access certain types of financial things. And so um, that's another thing. Like I go to court very rarely today. I used to go to court all the time back in the days when I used to be a litigating attorney, but I'm not that person anymore. Right. So I barely go to court now. But when I go to court, it's mostly for wives or husbands 
who they didn't have their paperwork together. And now we have to go to court because the husband or wife is no longer capable of doing their affairs anymore. And they're no longer mentally competent because they're in a coma or they've had a brain injury or they have Alzheimer's or something like that. Um, and the, the spouse has to go to court to get access to medical records, to make healthcare decisions and to get into the assets. And so like, that's another misconception people have is that, oh, because I'm married, I'm going to be able to do everything or we're on each other's everything. No, you really aren't actually on each other's everything hmm. absent having proper legal documents. So the power, going back to the power attorney with the child, that's just something you would go to your attorney or any type of online mm-hmm. type thing. And no, just... not online. Okay, so okay. let's talk about the online okay. Okay. thing. Okay. Oh, Sorry. my gosh. Okay. So I know that there are some people out there that's going to be like, Oh, this lawyer, she just wants to make money off of us and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I really, I'm going to tell you guys this, listen up. Online documents are terrible. They are horrible. We have more problems and more stress as a result of people that, and the, the people have stress, not just me and my, my staff have stress because of online documents that they went and did this, you know, BS legal document online, which purports, you know, it's from some supposedly reputable company, but they are almost 99 times out of 100, not legally sufficient documents. And I do not, I, I cannot in good faith ever say that an online document is going to be all right. So no, I, I have to say that. I tried when I was side note when I was going through a divorce, I thought I could do it the cheap way. And I, I was, I signed up for <laughs> like an online uh, thing. Cause I'm like, look at it. It's only, it's only this. All I got to do is fill in my name and hers and then we're totally divorced and right. And then uh, yeah. So th- that was, a thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, even worse than a divorce, but definitely even in <laughs> the type of work I do. So yeah, like I think sometimes that people believe, and I understand this because I am sort of inherently a cheap or frugal person also. So I really, and I also think, I have a very inflated sense of what I can do. Right, right, <laughs> like, right. I think I'm really smart and I can do anything. And so um, I will always try to do something myself, even if it doesn't make any sense. Like I'm like, I can save money doing it this way. I'll do it. And so I get it. Like I understand why somebody would go toward that. And it seems very easy. And so you're like, of course, I got my stuff together. But all I can tell you is you pay for what you get. Right, And there are a lot of issues that haven't even been brought up to you because you're going through this online process that I know from, you know, I have hundreds and hundreds of clients at this point that they want to think about these things. Like people want to have these issues dealt with and you can't get those issues dealt with in your online document. So, so that's the real reason. Okay, why I'm So with the power of attorney for, let's say you're 18, let's say you have a 19 year old just going to school. Yep. You can have that word and everything where, where basically like, Hey, if, if shit really goes south, then we can whatever. So that way your 19 year old isn't going, you just want to control me. That's why I moved out of this house. I never wanted you to marry that guy anyway, mom. Like, <laughs> like that. Right. Right. It's not like that. It's just like, yeah. If you get sick in the hospital, honey, who do you really want? To, who's going to be there? Mommy. But right. if I can't, um, if I can't, you know, talk to the doctors and get your medical records, I can't make good decisions for you. And then I have to go to court and God knows what's going to happen. You know, especially you if you're, uh, especially if it's a race against time, if something, God forbid, happens, yeah. that decisions yeah. have to ma- be and made. Yeah, it's you don't- terrible. It's a terrible thing for people. And we don't want 
Like you want to talk about, you think it costs too much. Like, that's what I say. Like, do you think it costs too much money to do this? Think about what the emotional cost would be by not doing it right. and having to deal with it in that moment. And I, most of the people that we know, yes, there are people that truly cannot afford the stuff that I do. There are people that cannot. Okay. But I would say that most of the people that we know, John, absolutely can afford it. They just have, don't, don't know that they want to. Right. Because they don't understand the cost of not doing it far exceeds the cost of doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's one less little fishing trip and then your family squared away. So you're, you were saying adult children, uh, uh, you know, power of attorney. Then what was the next one? Yeah. So both health and financial powers of attorney, everybody, in my opinion, 18 years or above, should at the absolute minimum have a healthcare power of attorney, a well-drafted healthcare power of attorney, and a well-drafted financial power of attorney. So those are the two main basic documents that everybody in my view needs. And then you want to start thinking, so there's three kinds of planning. You want to think about what happens during your life. And by that, I mean, yeah, what happens if I get sick or I get in an accident and something's happening to me? So there's during your life planning. That's powers of attorney for the most part, okay? Okay. And then there's planning during your life if I get old, planning. So if anybody's listening to this that has aging parents, which a lot of us do, we're at that right age now, um, that our parents are getting older, or you have grandparents, that now grandma, mom, somebody needs a much higher level of care. Like they're they're falling in their house, they're... Um, they got dementia, they, um, you know, just all the things that happen to elderly people by virtue of getting older, it's right. just part of the, the situation. So then what, because the problem with that, that is very different than for us younger people on the younger end is that care is expensive as hell. Yeah. Can I say that on your podcast? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so it's so expensive. It's way more expensive. In fact, the biggest threat to anybody's lifetime financial security today is the cost of long-term care. You know, I have clients, my clients are mostly people that save their entire lives. Like they save their money and then they start to realize what it's going to cost them if one of them gets an illness in their, you know, later years. Right. And the fact that all that money that they saved could be completely sucked away by that and, um, and completely sucked away. I'm talking gone. And so that we have to plan for that. And that's elder law planning, which I also do. Um, that involves more complex stuff that we probably don't even want to get into in your podcast. But I will just say that there is a way to plan to not lose your lifetime of savings to needing long-term care or the nursing home. And right. that's one of the things that we do. So that's lifetime planning. Okay. okay? And then there's the death planning, which is really what brought you to talk to me to begin with and what <laughs> usually is where people start. Right. But I always say, you know, this other stuff is as if not more important. So the death planning, which is what happens not if we die, because there's no if, it's when. Mm -hmm. um, and how do I keep my family and my loved ones out of court? How do I keep myself private? How do I make things as easy as possible, et cetera? And then that's the death planning, and that's where wills come into play although we should talk about a will today real quick and why that may not be the best plan for most people and then um trust as well but trust bridge between life and death so um they do both all right so let's go back to the first thing you just said about why wills would not be and then i have a me question so why would wills okay, right now 
not be the best. Yeah. So a will, regardless of when, before, now, any other time, right. the, the one thing that people do not understand about a will, this is the number one misconception. People believe if they have a will that they're going to avoid probate. Do you believe that, John? Uh, they will probably hit probate, I would imagine. No? Yeah. But people think that, yeah, but a will means that you will go to probate. Your family will go to probate. Your estate will go through probate. A will, by legal definition, is a document intended for probate. And so it is a lot of people's desire to avoid probate because probate is costly. It's extensive. It takes sometimes years. And in fact, coming out of coronavirus, I am terrified about what that's going to look like because the courts will back up immensely before coronavirus after coronavirus we're going to be in court for years moving money and there's an unprecedented level of death and unprecedented level of asset um, movement in this country as a result of coronavirus so we're going to have so you're going to be tied up in probate for years and so will means your family will go to probate it is inherently a legal document intended for probate and so if you believe that by having a will, you're going to make things easy on people. Please understand that it is literally the exact opposite. Really? Oh, yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. A will. And, yeah. I mean, I could go on and on about this. But <laughs> no, but so, so somebody. I rant. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so somebody who goes, no, you're supposed to get a will, then that makes it. So what are the options? Because I had, I don't even know if I have a will. I'm going to be honest with you. I know I paid a lot of money a long time ago to set one up and I don't know if one was ever set up. So now that I'm, it's just me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was just a money grab from business managers at the time, but now that it's just me and with this whole thing going on, that's when I started and why I reached out to you. I'm like, I think I need to get a will, even though I have no kids to leave anything to, but I do have some stuff. So I shouldn't be a tool and just like give it to the state. You know, where, where yeah, do people wanna, even, where do I don't, I, I wouldn't mean, even know where to about s- a money grab. That's, I mean, you know, that's where it happens. You know, the, the AARP calls un- wills annuities for lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you think about that, if anybody's listening to that, because the reason people want a will, number one is a, they, they think that's what they should have because that's what they always hear. That's number one. But then number two, they want wills a lot of times because they think, oh, it's a lot cheaper than doing a trust. And then also they don't even understand how trusts work. Yeah, so I don't know the difference the between. Reasons. Yeah, I don't know the difference between a, a will and a trust. The trust, you can kind of just keep everything. Well, you're gone, but you can keep everything kind of alive and you just assign people. And then that could be an organism that that lives forever. Is that what a trust is? It can, but it doesn't have to. I mean, I always tell people a revocable living trust does what you thought the will was going to do. Okay. So for a lot of people, especially younger people, at least having a revocable living trust to avoid probate, right? To make things as easy as possible for a transfer upon death, usually a basic revocable living trust is the minimum to achieve that goal. Or that's what everybody thinks the will is going to do, but doesn't. That's where the revocable living trust. So, yeah, and the revocable living trust and then other types of trusts like the ones we do can do much more than those things. But yeah, it's like at, a, at its base level, 
that's what it's supposed to be for. So uh, again, because it's always about me. If I was to, by the way, Revocable Living Trust would be a cool band. Yeah. Uh, would be a cool band name. I think. Are you ready for <laughs> Revocable <laughs> Living <laughs> Trust? It's kind of a cool band name. I don't know. No, uh, terrible. Yeah, yeah. It'd be a, uh, <laughs> so for somebody like me, then, and, and I know you know, I probably have one comic friend who listens to this if if i have x amount of content every month you know i get a check for stuff i did 10 years ago and that's kind of let's say all what would i need would i need one of those yeah, is, royalties is, like royalties wh- yeah like yeah it's you, a, it's, yeah yeah so you want to put your like i always tell people john to think of a revocable living trust sort of do you want me to give you the explanation that i would give to anybody yes because this is a good explanation okay, okay? So let's imagine that I'm a small child and I'm going over to my friend John's house to play. Okay. And I leave my Barbies at home because John's not too into Barbies, but I got my GI Joes and my stuffed animals. And so I'm going over there. I need business and I'm carrying all my stuff in my arms and I trip and I fall. Well, what happened? My stuff goes flying out. I have lost control of my stuff, right? Right. And that is the equivalent. My carrying my stuff in my arms is the equivalent to either having no plan. Because if you have a plan, you you don't have a plan. You do have a plan, by the way. It's the state's plan. So no matter what state you're listening to this in, if you're listening in Michigan, you're listening in California, Oregon, Idaho, it doesn't matter. You don't, you don't think you have a plan. You do have a plan. It's the state's plan. Okay. Or if you only have a will, because in either one of those circumstances, you're going to probate court. So you lose control because guess who's in control in a probate court? The state. Right. Right? Okay. So instead of doing that, I am a smart cookie. I go and I get my little red wagon. And now I take my Barbies and my G.I. Joes and and my stuffed animals. I put them in my little red wagon. And now I'm walking along the street. I trip and I fall. But what happens to my little red wagon? It's sitting there. All my stuff is still nicely, neatly inside, and somebody else can either pick up that handle and just keep on walking if all I've done is gotten hurt, or they can hand out the stuff inside that wagon to the people that I say if I've died. And the little red wagon in this example represents a revocable living trust because it's a vessel that holds your stuff and it crosses the line over disability or death. And so if I have that little red wagon and I, and I've given control of the handle to somebody else. They can just keep on walking. Everything's nicely, neatly in there. But if I have a GI Joe, John, Mm -hmm. and I put it inside my little red wagon, is it still a GI Joe? Yes. Yes. Oh, good answer. (laughs) Yes. Because I am a lawyer, but I'm not trying to trick you. (laughs) So yes, a GI Joe is a GI Joe, whether I'm holding it in my hand, carrying it in my arms, or I have it inside a little red wagon. It's still that. And so similarly, the, the, the thing is, is like if you have bank accounts, if you have investments, if you have house or houses, if you, you know, different types of things, you put, you have them outside of your revocable living trust or inside your revocable living trust. Regardless, it's still what it was before it went in. And that's the number one thing that people really don't understand about trust. They think if they put their stuff inside a trust, it's going to change it somehow. No. The trust is a vessel that holds your stuff. A bank account's a bank account. A house is a house, whether it's in or out. The difference is that vessel is going to cross the line of disability or death and avoid probate. And that's important. 
So that's a revocable living trust. That's an example. That's how we want to think about it. Here's what I wrote. Uh, yeah. And here's what I wrote on my notes. So like an hour after um, I'm done talking to you, I have, uh, I wrote uh red wagon and I started drawing a picture of a red wagon. See, there and, we go. And then I will then have to walk into an attorney's office and just point, show them that note. The only attorney that's going to understand what you're, I'm saying, you. that means is me. Yeah. Okay. Where you Let's are, you uh, you are not. Um, I think there was a lot of info, right? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I would love. Well, no, no. I have one more thing okay. I want to tell you because oh, this is important. Okay. This is huge. But what you don't want to be thinking, though, because you know those bullies. Let's, I mean, we can we could say bullies' names out loud if we were going to be jerks, <laughs> because we both know bullies from our past, right? In common, but we won't. Okay. <laughs> okay. But we'll, we'll think about those bullies that we knew back in the day that we're going over our friend's house and now we trip and I fall, we fall or they knock us down and now they start grabbing stuff out of our little red wagon. Those son of a bitches. Right. And the thing is, because the other thing that people don't understand, and I need you and everybody else that ever hears me talk about, understand, is a revocable living trust does not give you asset protection during your life. It's an open vessel, just like a little red wagon. If that bully from down the road wants to come and knock you down and take out your stuff, they're going to be able to get it because there is no protective mechanism that closes that up. And so if you get in a car accident and get sued, everything in your revocable living trust is going to be vulnerable, for example. And so there are other types of trust things that we do in my office that we make something that's more like a safe. And now you put your stuff inside and you shut the door and you turn the lock. And yeah, I want to put, I want, uh, yeah, I want to put like a tarp over my, my, my wagon now. Yeah. I don't want people yeah, to see so what's in the wagon. I want like a, like a sheet. A yeah. Well, not a sheet. Cause that's not very protective either. I mean, okay. So a safe. Like, so, so we're pulling, safe, yeah. so I'm pulling a safe that has handles and wheels on it now down the street. Yeah. Right. And now nobody's getting that inside that. You're the only person that knows the combination to be able to open the door and give out the things that are inside. And so that's a different type of trust. We call that an asset protection trust. Uh, it goes by many different names, but that's the name we call it. And so it's just understanding really importantly to people that are listening that a revocable living trust is a great tool for its intended purpose. Like a little red wagon is a great tool for its intended purpose. But if one of your main goals is to protect yourself from the bullies of the world that are staying home, getting sued, etc. then a revocable living trust is not the right tool for that job. And and so that's just sort of the arc of the different things that can be done here. What so about a band name asset uh asset protection? Would that be a cool band no, name? John, stop, stop, just stop. All right, so well then I so there are two. Those two are better than just holding the stuff walking to your friend's house. Right. The revocable. Really at the end of the day, how you decide is very, that is where having a good lawyer can come into play because how do you, like sitting even here having this conversation, you're not exactly sure what's right for you, nor should you be. Right. You think you might know, you know what you're attracted to, you know what sounds good to you. But really understanding how it's going to work for you and your assets and the people that you leave behind, the people you want to leave stuff to, you have no idea. And that's where you need good legal advice because um, the, the, how that relates to your stuff, you 
And you're right. When you say, like, oh, let's talk about me and this is what me, that's exactly also the thing that I want people to understand is this isn't cookie cutter lawyering, or at least it shouldn't be. Like a lot of us look at, oh, I can go put my name in and print out that document. That's right. a cookie cutter document. But you, John Heffron, right. are not a cookie cutter person by any stretch of the imagination, right? <laughs> right. Like what you have, the way you built your wealth, the way you your family is, is very different than 99% of the people, if not 100% of the people that we, we mutually know and everybody else you know. Right. Right. And that's true about myself. I mean, nobody's life is run the way mine is. I'm, I'm very unique in the way I run my life at, compared to other lawyers. Um, and that's true by all of us. And so the cookie, the cookie cutter approach does not work when you are actually trying to accomplish things that are going to benefit you personally and the people that you care about, about the things that you busted your ass for your entire life to get. Right. And the whole time you're saying that, I just pictured you. Uh, with wood paneling walls in your bedroom, Motley Crue poster on the wall, long cord, maybe maybe like a yellow phone, like or that weird green home phone, um, mm. sprayed up hair, and maybe like a uh, like Daytona eighty. You're younger than me, so we'll go Daytona eighty nine spray painted shirt when people would go to there Florida. There you go. Yes. Was I close? Oh, totally. Uh, but with fringe too. I have, I uh, mine had, mine had fringe. What um, what album would you have been listening to? Would you be li- listening to your crew back then? Oh yeah, totally. Shot at the double, probably, or I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big crew fan. This is not widely known. Well, maybe it is among my friends. It's widely known. I would think yeah, so. I'm a big crew fan. Yeah. yeah, still to this day. Yeah, I've gone to many a Motley Crue concert, and I'm such a dork, but I don't care. We enjoy it. We love it. Um, well, uh, not to brag, but, uh, you're kind of, uh, familiar with the Hawaii area. I am looking online for a, uh, ukulele. I, I always thought they were called ukuleles, but that's not, uh-uh, the, the, ukulele. U- u- ukule- yeah, like the, the guy ukulele. kept, so, uh, there are three different sizes of u- ukule- u- ukuleles, um, and I'm trying to figure out which one I want. There's like that little one that you kind of see that everyone play. And then there's this tenor one. And then there's a baritone one. Um, they all look super fascinating. And, and I think. Well, yeah. Start with the baby one and uh, see how you feel about it. You know, like they're, they're fun little instruments. And I think this is a great time to gate that skill. You can pick it up pretty quickly i think too and you could be really awesome you could instead of playing this music that everybody hates right at the beginning of your show you could start strumming so then i i get that ukulele and then i put it into my asset protection trust because if i put it in my uh my recalculable living trust little red wagon put it on my little then then someone's just gonna come and just just snatch it from me and I don't want you to take really? my, my ukulele from me. That's my ukulele. That's right. I save for that. And if I want to give that u- ukulele to to somebody else, to maybe a nephew or to a sister or to a brother, that's my decision that I'm going to make now. Boy, I'm going to figure out which one of my, my brother or sister should get my ukulele. I'm going to see who's been nicer to me. But but that's how I'm going to figure it out. And the good news is those are breathing, living, breathing. Like you can change them. You don't have to live with your decision today 
you know, if you change your mind next year that you don't, um, that your sister's pissed you off to no end, then you can change your mind like you can. So, so that's, that's good. Really good news too. Now, is there any place you can send people if they want more info? I know you do a lot of talks and all that type of stuff. And, uh, is well, about this stuff? Um, you know, this is MI like Michigan estate lawyer.com. I have had, I have, you can go to smart planning one-on-one podcast too. I have lots of, I've talked very extensively about these topics in the podcast. I have a YouTube channel, Family and Aging Law Center. Um, that's, I, you know, this kind of stuff, I have totally so much information out there. And those are the three places to find that is on my website, on my YouTube channel, or on my podcast. Um, the good news is that I get lots of good reviews from the things that I talk about because I try to make it make sense and not be a lawyer speak to people. So hopefully you'll feel that way too if you go and listen. Now say the website again, Michigan Estate Lawyer.com. MI Estate Lawyer.com. MI like Michigan. So that's Family and Aging Law Center. If you look that up, you'll find me there too. If you just Google that, Family and Aging Law Center. All right, Nicole. Uh, I'll let you get back to crew. Uh, thank you so much for calling me. I know it was helpful. Uh, I'm going to think about red wagons for the rest of the day and then figure out what I want to put in it. And then I'm also going to think about what friends do I have that live uphill because if I'm pulling a safe to everybody's house, I might stick with just my downhill friends or my even road friends. So there you go, Nicole. Here's some ukulele music. And don't forget to check out Nicole's website, miestatelawyer.com, Jimmy Bendel at Punchline Comedy Club, and go to Amazon, would you? Get my book, The Holding Deal. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and wash your hands. Be safe. Talk soon.